If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress, so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Health Printer Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high-end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey, Yuri here. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing great. Today, I've got another treat for you. We've got a great guest on today's show. Her name is Emily Lark, and she is the creator and owner of Back to Life, the Complete Healthy Back System, which is an amazing information product, which we're gonna talk about in just a second. She's also the owner of a yoga studio, and we're gonna be talking about how she had the courage, really, to venture into starting her own business a number of years ago, in spite of all the fear that she was facing and feeling in her gut, you know, that that feeling of like, oh my God, can I do this? We're gonna talk about that and how she went through that. And we're also gonna talk about how she sold over 120,000 copies of her Back to Life system, which has been an online program that she has absolutely just crushed over the past year and a half. It's an inspiring story. Emily is an awesome person. I think you'll really, really enjoy this one. So without any further ado, let's welcome Emily Lark onto the show. Emily, what is up? Welcome to the Health Printer Podcast. Yuri, thank you so much for having me. Yes, you are welcome. And uh, again, just really stoked to have you on the show because we connected a, a little while ago and I've heard some really great things about what you're up to, I guess specifically online because that's kind of the space uh, we're in, but you also have a physical prize studio and... Let's oh, so before we jump into kind of the direction we want to take this conversation, which I think a lot of our listeners can relate to, which is kind of walking through fear, self doubt, all that kind of stuff. Talk to us about what it's been like, or or that journey of brick and mortar to online. Like first of all, why, and then what were like? How did you start? How did you make that that first step into coming online? Ah, thanks. Yeah, that has been a huge transition for me. Um, I opened my yoga studio about four and a half years ago and um, really spent every day there working with clients one-on-one, teaching classes. I didn't have any experience in marketing or certainly no experience in online marketing. I'd never built a website before uh, or written sales copy. Um, So the studio was just kind of a very organic process. It grew through word of mouth. So I was able to be pretty, pretty lazy with my marketing, actually. Um, And then I, I branched into the online world really for two reasons. The first is I knew um, I had a program. I, my program is called Back to Life. It's uh, helps people with back pain. It's exercises for back pain. And for a lot of years, my in-person clients had been asking me to make videos for them or for them to share with their families. And so that was always kind of something in the back of my mind. But then a couple of years ago, I found myself going through a divorce and I have two small boys and my studio, while it does well, it 
it was kind of a part-time thing too. I was also very much a stay-at-home mom with my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I needed something more in order to be able to support them as a single mom. So that was kind of the, you know, the push I needed. I had been wanting to do this for a while, but sometimes you don't do it until you really have to. Um, So that's what, what caused me to launch into the online space. And really everything has shifted since then. Now I put Almost all of my focus is on marketing. I spend all day sitting in front of a computer rather than up and out with other human beings. <laughs> so it's been a big shift in in my daily life and also in my in my professional focus for sure. So when you came, when you were venturing online, was it like what did that look like? Were you in front of your computer and you're typing in how to start an online business, or what was what was that initial what was that initial search or thinking look like for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I So at first I was looking at sites. Um, I initially wanted to have a yoga membership site where people could pay monthly and, and take yoga classes. But then I started studying marketing and listening to marketing podcasts and reading about online marketing. And I realized that for someone like me who didn't really have a brand or a following, that would be pretty tricky to get people to sign up for a membership when they don't even know who I am mm-hmm. and had never bought from me. So that's when I actually, I was introduced to ClickBank, who is my um, my merchant services provider. And I went on ClickBank and I started looking at a lot of the products on ClickBank and studying those products. And so that was really what guided and shaped uh, how I developed my first product. That's awesome. So you've you've sold what 120,000 copies, or you've you've impacted 120,000 customers in pretty much your first year, which is amazing. Thank you. How did you do that? <laughs> A lot of luck. Um, <laughs> no, I. You know, I think I. I was very fortunate to. Hmm. Okay. Well, I spent a lot of time working a lot of hours and, and working a lot of nights and weekends. And I, I poured myself again, I, I made the transition from focusing on my practice and my program. And I transitioned into focusing really heavily on marketing. And that is what made the difference for, for my program because I launched it and Obviously, as you know, with with affiliates or with media buyers, it has to hit certain numbers in order for it to for it to go out and mm-hmm. have the opportunity to spread. So, um, th- I, that was the key, I think, to the success of the program. Working was was the marketing heavy um, attention that I that I had for a while, and and once it did start working, I came into this industry and I really I didn't know anybody, so I started flying out to events like Affiliate Summit West and Traffic and Conversion Summit. And just started networking as much as I could. And I met a couple of people at those events who uh, really kind of felt sorry for me and, and could see how hard it was being that new girl in the room who has no data behind them and, and no experience and no connections. And they, a couple of people said, I remember what it was like to be in your shoes. So I'm going to, I'll help you test. I'll, I'll email your product out to my list. Don't you just love the health space? I mean, there's so many good guys and girls in this space, um, you know, be it on the affiliate marketing side or whatever other side. It's just such a great collaborative space. It really, really is. You're so right. And that is what has been the most surprising to me about this. I, I thought, especially in online health and wellness that it, that I'd be very disconnected, but I have met the most generous, heartfelt 
people and really uh, some of the best friends that I've ever had now have come from this space. Yeah, totally. And and I think, so for everyone listening, here's a message again about getting off your butt, getting to live events, just like actually hanging out with other humans. And it's, it's like the same message I keep saying. It's like, if you want to grow your online business, spend more time offline. Huh. And that's a huge revelation that I had in 2010, because I spent the first three years struggling my butt off trying to figure this stuff out on my own. Yeah. 2010 did exactly what you did. I started going out to events, met you know who I needed to meet, and everything started from there. So huh. that's, yeah, I mean, that's so many people have said that. It's like two things. I wish I hired a mentor sooner and get to live events. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. And then obviously you mentioned kind of really studying and, and, and improving the mastery of marketing. For you is that, and just so everyone knows, we're talking about an information product with kind of an upsell flow. So I'm assuming for you, a lot of it was developing the skills of copywriting and, and, and that kind of stuff. Or yeah. um, what did that look like for you in terms of what were the things you were doing on a daily basis to really own your craft? Mm. You know, I spent a lot of time reading other sales copy. And I even uh, would watch um, VSLs, long video sales letters. I would watch them and I would type them out. And I, after watching them so many times and typing them out, I realized that so many of them followed what I thought of in my mind as an equation mm-hmm. um, and a pattern. And so I actually have an old picture where I, I typed up out three or four VSLs and I laid them all across my living room floor page by page next to each other. And I went through and I highlighted them looking for every time they said something positive, every time they threw out a hook, um, looking for when they first mentioned the product. And I, I found a real pattern there. And so then from there I started crafting my own sales copy and bringing my own story into it. Um, but trying to hit those, those same markers of the timing and the expression of it. That's so that awesome. was that was the biggest thing that I did, and it took it took months. It took hours a day for months to figure that out. Yeah, it's so funny because so a lot of the clients that we help are more on the coaching side than the info side. Although we do have a lot of uh, info clients as well, but it's amazing that whether you're coaching clients one on one or in a group setting, and, and copy is not as heavy as if you're selling a product. Copy uh-huh. is still really really important um, because it's really about just connecting a message in the right way with with the right audience. And when I look at the people that I know in our space who have like struggled for years, I'm thinking guys like you probably know Bruce or Andrew. And like, these are guys that just did exactly what you did. Like they studied the heck out of what was working. They figured out the recipe and then just, they just tested a bunch of stuff. And it's amazing what can happen when you crack that code because it doesn't matter what space you go into or what happens in your life. This is a skill set that is going to really feed you in in more ways than one forever. It's it's just it's it's so valuable to be able to put words on paper on the screen or on video and be able to influence people in a positive manner. You're absolutely right, and I think for me anyway, it it didn't feel intuitive at first. You know, I I first wrote a VSL and wrote a sales page that just was the way I thought it should be written. And, um, and then I realized very quickly, it was not going to get me anywhere. And if I wanted to do this right, I had to study what was working. And now I'm about a year and a half in and I'm, I'm just now starting to, 
I feel like branch out a little bit away from that. But of course, I've got that foundation that I always work from. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an interesting process. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit because, you know, a lot of people that get into business for themselves or transition from offline to online or, or, or whatever the transition might be come up against fear. And, and I think it's the same for the clients that we serve, right? Like if, you, if you're helping somebody lose weight or get into better shape, there's some type of fear of the unknown. I've never done this before. Am I going to be sore? Is this going to work out? What was your experience? What were some of the, the blocks that you had internally as you were making this, this, new, this kind of new path for yourself? This is honestly my favorite thing to talk about because I feel like fear has been the number one reason why I've been successful. And um, not so much the fear itself, but the way I shifted how I react to fear. Mm -hmm. Because for many years, I, I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I would have ideas of things I wanted to do and I'd get about halfway into it. And then all of a sudden the fear would come in like a tidal wave. And I would... I would listen to it. I would feel those, the fear and the self-doubt. And I, to me at the time, it felt like that was my gut trying to tell me I was making a mistake. And so I would rationalize that and say, oh yes, this is not the right choice for X, Y, or Z reasons. And so I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, so it was really about four years ago when I opened my yoga studio, I, in my heart, it just felt like the right thing to do. I knew I wanted to do it, but I also knew that that fear was probably going to come and take me down about halfway through the process. <laughs> so I made a promise to myself that no matter what, I was going to give myself just one year and I was going to do this full force as hard as I could for one year, no matter how scared I got. And if at the end of that one year, it wasn't working, then I could give myself that out. But I wasn't going to do it until I'd gone through it for a year. And so sure enough, as I started to open the studio, you know, it, it took several months just laying the groundwork and getting it ready to open. And I have never been more scared in my life. My body felt like it was being electrocuted every second of every day. And, you know, and fear can be sneaky, too, because sometimes it feels scary. Sometimes it can feel like boredom. You know, it, it can come in and in the form of disinterest. Mm -hmm. um, I think it can disguise itself in many ways. So I went through that process and I had made myself that promise that I was going to go through it. And as soon as I actually got to the grand opening of the studio, that week was like the clouds parted, the fear was gone, and I realized that it had all been worth it. And that was a huge transformational experience for me because I had never really walked through the fear in such an intense way and come out the other end. And once I had gone through that experience, I realized that my fear was not telling me I shouldn't do something. It was telling me I should and that I was doing something bigger than what I would normally do. And I was doing something that was pushing me to grow. And so that's why it was scary. And so I really fell in love with the emotion of fear. And so when it came to opening my, to starting my online business, I knew I was going to go through that same process again. And I did. And I think it was even 10 times worse because this business was even, even harder to launch into. But every time I started feeling that fear, I would tell myself, don't back away, run towards it. And it's not a pleasant feeling at all. It, I'm not meaning to make it 
sound like it's an enjoyable experience. It's absolutely brutal. But changing my mindset to move toward the fear has has changed my life. It has changed everything in my life. Yeah, that's amazing. What specifically were you fearful about when you're opening the yoga studio? And was that the same fear when you were starting your online business? Uh, I, I think so. I think it was multi-layered. The, the first fear was financial. You know, it takes a lot of financial investment to start a business and you don't know if you're going to get a return on that investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of fear and even guilt involved in spending the money on something that I didn't know if it was going to work. There was a lot of fear. I, I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist and um, other people's opinions of me matter probably more than they should. Uh, so there's this huge fear of putting yourself out there very publicly and then not having it work. Um, although one thing I tend to do with that, when I'm, when I'm planning something big or starting a business or starting a new project, I tend to keep it to myself until I'm ready to launch it because I, that, that fear of other people's reactions or of, or of looking like a failure in front of other people can be pretty crippling. So I, I tend to keep those things more private. Um, but you know, it's, there's so many new things that you have to encounter when you're starting a new business too. So many new systems you have to learn, uh, um, things you need to get familiar with. And just every single time when something new would hit, like, Oh, how am I going to hire a video production crew to come film my team? Or, Oh, how am I going to hire? What kind of it guy do I need to do to use to build my site? All of those things feel like made me feel like a big idiot in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. So there was the fear of that, just the fear of, of feeling stupid, mm, <laughs> not knowing what I was doing. I, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I, I think the strongest fear that I have felt with respect to kind of looking like an idiot in front of other people was our first big event. And I was like, what if nobody shows up? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that, that is a crippling fear. And it is the worst feeling because like, as you said, it's like what other people think of us. Unfortunately, we we hold in such high esteem, uh, maybe now, maybe, you know, more than ever because of social media and stuff. But I, I think to to be able to push through that and, and for, for anyone listening, I mean, it, it could be whatever it is for them, whether it's enrolling clients or selling a product or, or, or their own physical studio, Um because you have two choices, I guess. Like you have, you have the choice of staying where you are and not doing anything, or you have the choice of moving through that fear and just having faith that things are going to work out. What was like for you? So as you're feeling that that feeling, what is the mental dialogue? Um, maybe on the negative side, like what are some of like the limiting uh, discussions happening from that little that little guy in your head? And how do you, how did you, or how do you combat that with more? positive internal dialogue to keep you moving forward? Mm. I think I had a lot of thoughts of, for me, I always felt like owning a business was something that other people could do and not me. Um, And so I would have a lot of thoughts of, oh, you're a fraud or you're a wannabe or um, this is not something that you're equipped to do. Mm -hmm. And I, (laughs) as far as combating those thoughts, honestly, I I think I'm still figuring out how to do that, to tell you the truth. I I haven't figured out how to make those thoughts go away. 
I've just figured out how to let them be there and keep moving forward anyway. Um, but they're still there. Even with the success that I've had in the last year, I constantly feel like I'm not good enough. I constantly feel like the next thing I do is going to be a huge failure. And uh, I would love to figure out how to make those thoughts go away. I, I haven't figured that out yet. I just I just try to let them be there. Wow. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if they ever do go away because... I think one of the things that's worked for me is I've I've just really developed this unwavering belief that everything is happening for me. Yeah. And it's like I when with that belief and it's like such a strong belief that no matter how bad or good things get, everything is happening for me. Whether it's, you know, not hitting a specific goal or things not working out, it's like okay, cool. That was meant to be for whatever reason. Let's keep moving forward. And I think for me personally, it's just having that belief or that faith, I guess, in a higher power or the universe, however you want to think of it, or yourself to be like, yeah, this is working. I'm just like, I'm just this failure or this not so good thing is moving me one step closer to the ultimate thing. So that's worked for me. I couldn't agree with you more. And that is actually one of my mantras uh, that I try to say to myself over and over again, especially when things are going bad. I say to myself, this is a gift. This mm -hmm. is a gift. And then I say, thank you in my head. Um, and, and looking back, of course, we can see that all of those failures, everything that didn't work out has led, at least for me, and it sounds like for you, to something so much greater and so much better. So I, I try to remind myself of that when I'm in it rather than just looking back in hindsight. Yeah, and, and I think it's probably even more paralyzing for perfectionists because, and we see this a lot of time. We see this so often. It's like, okay, why don't you have this thing this this thing deployed yet? Well, it's not perfect yet, or it ultimately comes down to the feeling of them not being good enough. Because mm -hmm. I think it's like when perfectionism is like, if 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 it's not perfect, it's because I don't think people are going to think it's good enough, which is really a reflection of the fact that I don't think I'm good enough. Yeah. And what what was it for you that like even with a product cuz a product is never perfect. It could always be a little bit better like with any product out there. For you what was the point where you said this is good enough, it's fine, it's going to support people? Like what what did that dialogue look like for you? I think for me it really I had to have deadlines that I set for myself. Um it has always helped me to, um, like for, with the studio, I, I had a bunch of new, I, I interviewed with a bunch of newspapers, had a bunch of articles come out with the grand opening day. So I knew it was going to open on that day, whether it was ready or not, or for the product. Um, I, I had deadlines with my videographer. I had rented the space. I had, I had booked the film crew. So I knew ready or not, I was going to be there filming that day. And that is one thing that that helps me a lot is having those deadlines. When I don't have a way to to set firm deadlines that involve other people and being accountable to other people, that's when I I still do really struggle with with going back and forth about things and taking longer than I should to to launch something. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's important. It's talking about accountability. Do you what are your thoughts on on having a coach or having a mentor or or having that type of professional accountability? I, uh, I, I love it. In the beginning, when I was first getting started, I didn't have that. And, and those were the hardest days for me was just sitting by myself and not having anybody that, that I could talk to or get feedback from. And that was brutal. Um, 
now I, I feel like I have so many mentors in this space because I'm working with a lot of people now and I'm friends with a lot of people who've been doing this a lot longer than I have. And that has taken this process from feeling really lonely and scary and hard um, to just feeling more supported. And I definitely, I get so much more done. Um, I'm more inspired. It's less grueling. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I want to talk about belief for a second. Was there a point where you believed that, so was there a point in this journey, I guess with the online side of things, because sometimes it's a little bit like, can this really work? Was there a point for you where you had your belief system shattered? And let me give you a bit of context. So two mutual friends of ours, uh, I'm not going to mention their names just to keep them anonymous. We're at a mastermind. One of the guys leaned back in his chair, saw the other guy's computer and saw his ClickBank stats. And that blew his mind. Like he's like, this is actually possible. And that changed everything in the way he kind of went about his business and his belief system. Was there a moment for you where you, you said, okay, wow, this is like, what I thought was possible is just, it's like, it's a, it's a fraction of what really is possible. Let's keep doing this and let's just keep going harder. Yes. Um, uh, really, I feel like the past year I have been flooded by moments like that. It, it has been like an avalanche of belief shattering moments for me. The first one happened when one of the very first people who were testing my offer, um, they had mailed that day. And of course I was just, I was terrified. I thought it was going to bomb. And I, I was out at Costco that morning with my son. My three-year-old was in the shopping cart. And all of a sudden on my phone, I, I ClickBank sends email notifications every time a sale comes through. Mm -hmm. And so I start getting all of these notifications of sales coming through on my phone. And then all of a sudden I get a Skype message on my phone from the man who, who was in um, the UK actually, who had mailed for me. And he starts messaging me saying, this product is doing better than a lot of the big dog offers that I mail for. Congratulations. And it just knocked my socks off because I thought I was still in the testing phases. I didn't think I had a success in me yet. I thought I was just testing things. And so that was a crazy moment to, to be there in my, my Costco world with my kid. And then all of a sudden realizing that a door had just opened up that I never, I kind of never thought would open ever, yeah. um, but yeah. let alone that fast. And then following that has just been, um, I think for me, the sales obviously were a big, exciting thing to see what numbers I was hitting. But the most exciting thing for me has really been the connections I've been making with people, mm -hmm. especially people in this industry that I had really idolized. And so those have been a lot of big belief shattering moments, too, where there would be somebody that seems so untouchable. And then all of a sudden, I would find myself um, vacationing with them or, yeah. <laughs> you know, going to visit them or having dinner with them. Those have been big moments for me as well. That's awesome. And I think those moments keep happening over and over again. Like even at this point in, in my journey in our health and fitness business, we've been testing, I don't know, half a dozen offers with cold traffic. And I was like, all right, this one's going to be the best one. Yeah, this is going to be gonna killer. And it's like nothing, you know, like shit, like <laughs> holy cow. And then we're like, all right, let's, hey, how about this one that we've had going somewhere else for a while? Let's test this. And all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, like this, let, let's scale this as fast as possible while they're getting as good because mm. 
Like this is unbelievable. And, and I think the message for you guys listening is you just have to keep going. And there's going to be moments that unfold over the journey that, you know, even when you don't think things are going to work out, you know what? You never know. Just keep going, keep testing different things. And I think the only time we fail is when we, when we give up. And I think that's the big difference between those like yourself who get the success, whatever success means to us, um, is that you just keep going. You keep moving through that fear. You keep seeing the journey unfold, which is something you can't enjoy if you stop. And persistence, I think, is it's just it's it, it sounds cliche and it's like over whatever overused in, in in entrepreneurial circles, but like it's so important because if you just stopped, you wouldn't you wouldn't enjoy any of the stuff that you've enjoyed. So true. And I think too, getting used to feeling realizing that maybe even the majority of the time you're going to have failures. Most of my time has been spent working on on failures and then reworking them until till they work. I, I feel like there's almost a pattern where I'll go through anywhere from three to six months of grinding at something that's getting nowhere. Totally. And then all of a sudden it hits and it works. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you're happy for like a day and then you're back and then you're back <laughs> in the grind again. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have like this mental disease as entrepreneurs where we have, the, I don't know if it's masochism or sadism, I always get those two confused. And and being like, you have to be realistic of the fact that the more you fail, the more you grow and the faster you can move forward. And, and if you're not okay with failure because you're a perfectionist or, or whatever, that's, that's, you just have to like, listen, like the only reason I'm where I'm at, the only reason I think where a lot of successful people are where they're at is because they've just gotten okay with taking action and failing a lot and having those handful of successes along the way. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Cause you just need one home run. Like you just need one home run. Yeah. And that's it. Like, but you have to hit a lot of singles and you have to strike out a lot to get there. It's so true. And even with things like, you know, we talk about social media, things like Facebook lives or, you know, posts that people do. I mean, so many or even ads that we put out so many of them don't work and then you hit one that does and then it carries you but you but you have to go through all of those trials and all of the ones that don't work yeah absolutely that's great advice emily this has been really inspiring um are you ready for the rapid five oh gosh (laughs) uh if you think if you think your journey in business has been fearful just wait no it's all good it's nothing nothing to worry about so five rapid fire questions, whatever comes top of mind is probably the right answer. So first one, um, what is your biggest weakness? Overthinking things. Uh, number two, what is your biggest strength? Persistence. Number three, what's one skill you've become dangerously good at in order to grow your business? Mm. Uh, copywriting. Four, what do you do first thing in the morning? (laughs) The thing you're not supposed to do, I check my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you sleep with your phone beside your bed? Yes, I do. (laughs) Uh, I tell my wife, I'm like, why do you do this? But teach their own, it's all good. Uh, And five, complete the sentence. I know I'm being successful when? When I'm really scared. Cool, that's that's one we haven't heard yet. That's that's pretty cool, awesome. There we have it, guys. Emily Lark in the house. Thank you so much for joining us, Emily. What is the best place for people to stalk you online and, and check check out more about what you're up to? 
Oh, um, well, they can always look for my Facebook page. Um, I think it's Facebook forward slash Emily Lark official or just under the name Emily Lark Healing in Motion um, or emilylark.com as well. Cool. Awesome. We'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. Emily, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, an awesome conversation. It feels like it's like we've covered so much in 30 minutes. And uh, guys, I hope that you've gotten a lot out of this episode, a lot out of this conversation. And just a constant reminder that the journey is not easy, but it's totally worth it. So Emily, thank you so much for inspiring us and sharing your journey with us today. Yuri, it's such an honor. Thank you. Wasn't that awesome? Isn't it amazing to see how just regular people like you and I, like Emily, can can walk through fear. It's like walking on fire. We all we all face it and just absolutely just create some amazing things and amazing uh, amounts of courage to walk through that fear and just make stuff happen. Because guys, like I, I want you to really understand this. The people who succeed in selling 120,000 copies of your program and you know making tons of money, impacting a lot of people, these are not superheroes. These are not Avengers like the Incredible Hulk. These are regular everyday people. I, believe me, I know a lot of them and a lot of them have obviously been on the show and I can tell you time and time again, there is nothing that separates them from you or anybody else except for what's happening between their ears. And this has been such an important realization for me that I'm building out a whole new platform that we're going to be getting on to do a TED Talk with and, and a lot of other big things. And it all has to do with courage because I really believe that you know persistence is important and getting mentorship and coaching is important, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to have courage. And courage is being able to feel the fear and do it anyways. It's, it's, it's being able to understand that making a commitment is one thing and crossing the bridge to the result that you want is required to get where you want to get to. But that bridge is called courage. And too few people, whether it's in business or in life as they want to get their health under control, are not willing to go through their fear and cross that bridge because of uncertainty, because they're fearful of whatever it might be, of failure, of, of success, of what might people think. And I'm telling you, it's the most important thing that you have to be able to muster. And the good thing is courage is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So start off by making little courageous decisions and make a lot of them because it's like flexing a muscle. So when you fear, when you feel the fear, move through that, move into that, move into the unknown, make decisions without needing 100% certainty that things are gonna work out. The more you do that, the more courage you're going to build as a muscle and the more confidence you're going to build as a result of being more courageous. And that, my friend, is how you become unstoppable in your life. So if you enjoy that, just kind of let that simmer in and let that, that seed plant itself in your mind. Uh, I've got a lot more to share on this topic over the coming years. It's going to be a huge part of my platform and I'll keep you posted as we build this out. But in the meantime, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you have, be sure to subscribe to the Healthpreneur Podcast on iTunes. While you're there, if you've enjoyed this, leave a rating or review. And I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. In the meantime, continue to get out there, be great, do great, and I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.